really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking jog, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast with Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue. And we are here in our podcast studio above the butcher shop uh, with my man, Derek Marceau. What's happening, my man? Nothing, man. I'm just happy you got back safe from uh, your trip out in Canton. I made it back safe. The, they didn't, uh, uh, all those crazy all the fans. Cir- all the circus didn't uh, ab- absorb me. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, I can't tell you how unbelievable these people in this organization are pro football ultimate fan association and these people dedicate their lives to being fanatics for their team brand ambassadors for their nfl team but they are a charity organization so they're a 501c3 charity organization and the work that they do in their communities it's so humbling because i mean what we do and what we try to do with our barbecue contest for the spring valley event and the Del Mar event, you know, bringing in organizations and training to help homeless youth here in San Diego, you know, with Shane Walton, one of our podcast guests before, but, you know, the things that they're doing in their communities, um, it's just so humbling. I mean, there is a group from Washington called the Hogettes, and the Hogettes have raised over $150 million. Get out of here. $150 million for child um, cancer research. That's so awesome. And they created an award called the Hogette Award, and then they nominate a member every year. And this year, the gentleman that won the award was Game Time from uh, New Orleans. Okay. And this guy, what he did was, you know, Make-A-Wish Foundation. They, you know, they we have here Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. And, you know, any terminally ill um, children, they grant them, you know, hey, I want to go and you know, meet Philip Rivers or, you know, I want to go and whatever that dream might be. And they go and they do that. Well, he had been involved and he had noticed when he was going um, on these (coughs) trips that it's not just the sick kid that gets, um, that gets impacted by this disease or whatever it might be. It's the entire family. Dude, it's it's a trip. Yeah, I know. The mom and the dad, they spend so much time and of course, you know, love trying to care for that sick child what he noticed was that no one cared about, not that they didn't care, but they didn't notice the siblings. So this is kind of a a spin on that. And what he did was he created this uh, nonprofit, this charity, in order to give those kids a game day experience so that they would go, you know, because they spend so much time in the hospital, you know, worrying about their brother or their sister, and he takes them, you know, onto the field, gives them this whole entire game day experience, which... You know, he won the award and, you know, finding people like that. I mean, it, it's it's really humbling. That's awesome, man. That's that's great. And, yeah, what you don't sometimes understand with the Make-A-Wish, you know, we just think about the kids and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, my best friend out in Kansas, he has that daughter who, you know, she's you know she's fighting for her life all the time. And, you know, they, they send them out to Disneyland and it's like they send the whole family out and they do yeah. all those things. It's, it's really exciting. And just to be able to see those things and be a part of those things sometimes is, is uh, very humbling. So... But happy to have you back, man. Happy yeah, to have you back I in mean, San Diego, though. it was just a it was a whirlwind. It was just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, Alvarez being my sponsor for the process, and you know, for Bolt Pride to go out there, and I mean, 
you would never think in a million years, you know, watching LT break the record in Qualcomm, scoring all these touchdowns, be like, you know, one day if he gets into Canton, you know, I'm going for sure. What about his fucking speech? Not only did not only did we go, but when we went, you know, we're in the parade, the same parade through Canton that he's in, you know, and we could have been anywhere in the parade, but we were at the end of the parade. So this 12th man PFUFA float is at the end of the parade with every single diehard fan you can think of. You know, we have videos of it. We have photos. They'll all be in the show notes. Um, but you got to check it out. It was just absolutely incredible. So we're, we're going. We wait. You know, we waited because it was a long parade. It's like a three-mile parade through the city. It's actually the third largest parade in the entire United States. Wow. So behind the Macy's Parade and behind the uh, tournament, the Roses Parade. Really? Yeah, 200,000 people in Canton. Jesus. Yeah, so lining the streets of Canton, you know, Jerry Jones was in the parade. But we go, and we're pulling up to the intersection, you know, to start the parade. And the car that's behind us is LaDainian Tomlinson and Lorenzo. So rad. So rad. (laughs) So literally, right, the whole entire parade, we're leading the parade for LaDainian Tomlinson and uh, Lorenzo Neal. And they're just Just, driving around. And they're just driving right behind us. And, you know, Bolt Complex, George Recoy, he came out with me and he took all this awesome video. But, you know, he designed this awesome teardrop shirt. And, you know, it's a Hall of Fame, you know, salute to LT. The whole entire parade, he's looking at the shirt. (laughs) Did he say anything about it? Uh, he actually, uh, we, we, we talked barbecue at the end of the parade. Really? Yeah. So one of the uh, Raider fans, um, Kingsford Kirk, he's, he's actually KCBS. So they do huge barbecues up in uh, Oakland, huge tailgates. And uh, he's friends with Lorenzo Neal. And him and Lo Neal were talking about it at the end of, uh, end of the parade route. You know, he told him about the PFUFA. And, you know, I told him I was going in as a Charger fan. And LT's like, oh, wow, that's awesome, man. He gave him one of my cards. And right. It's crazy. Cool. You know, it's crazy how where opportunities take you, and you know if you're willing to uh, willing to do things that other people wouldn't do. Um, you know, we're just very blessed to to have that experience and make it back here, so we can get to uh, get to the main event, get to our fucking Del Mar event, man. It's, Ooh. Uh, before you know it, it was just just right on us. I'm excited to do it, and it's going to be uh, very very eventful. I mean, I think it's getting a lot of steam behind it too a lot of people are talking about it we got a i had a lot of customers that came and grabbed all their tickets and we're uh, looking forward to it and we're actually really looking forward to making sure um we uh, get to see u.s foods out there which brings us to our guests today we have kevin and josh from u.s foods welcome guys into the studio thank you very much we're hey, excited hey. to be here how's it going guys thank you very much so on so lt gave his speech on saturday mm-hmm. on LT, Kurt Warner, Jerry Jones, four and a half hours, unbelievable speeches. You know, this is the best of the best Hall of Famers. We're in Canton. The next morning is our induction breakfast for the 17 PVs, potential veterans into the PFUFA. We go to the tent. So this is like the hospitality tent that they have for Jerry Jones and LT right behind the stadium. Hospitality tent. Right behind the hospitality tent, huge trailer. Guess guess what logo's on the U.S. Trailer. Foods. U.S. Foods. That's rad. Doing their thing, and that's where you you know where you're supposed to be when you see stuff like that. And you know those are the those are the cool things that um, you know if you take the time to notice the small things, some of those uh, signs are just really really cool. Yeah. And uh, you know we can't be happier to have these guests on. Uh, number one because a publicly traded company typically will not go on to a podcast. Um, but 
forward thinking companies will. And, you know, one of the things that we care a lot about is transparency, honesty, and that is how our relationship really started with U.S. Foods. You know, back when I was with Cisco as a restaurant, um, we opened the restaurant kind of with that pot, that voicemail that you heard before. Right. Um, we were opening, after that business partnership, Corey and myself, we were opening up um, California Comfort and Lou Bush, who also played for the Chargers, um, was opening up his barbecue restaurant in central San Diego, right off of Euclid. And him and I became really good friends because of Thomas, uh, my brother. My brother and them went to culinary school, but Lou introduced me to Brad, and Brad was working for Cisco at that time. And it's funny because you don't realize what a brand means until you realize the characters and the people behind that brand. You know, you can care. It doesn't matter if it's a publicly traded company. Once you develop relationships with the people that are in that company, you can do amazing things. And, you know, what Brad was able to do once he went over to U.S. Foods was tell us, you know, this is what U.S. Foods is trying to do. And they're trying to change the model of food service for restaurants. Um, and that's through transparency. It's not through we're going to have a price war. We're going to come in and say, you know, let me see your price list and I can do better. I'll tell you, there's nothing that turns me off more than that. I mean, when people come in, they're like, well, what are you getting your ribeyes for? Um, you know, you, you give me your, your price, I'll beat it. Don't fuck it. Get the fuck out of my store. Yes. If that's how you're going to do business, I don't, I don't want to play this game. No. Like, you put your best foot forward. I put my best foot forward and let's go. If, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it's fine. But like we were talking about, the transparency in you can find the honesty. Like Brad, like I told you earlier today, when he first came in here, he was like, hey, I'll get you some pricing. Hey, I would just love to be your number two. I'm like, okay, you know, because we were with Harvest Meat. We've been with them for 35 years. And he's like, I'll give you a price sheet. And guess what? He gave me a fucking price sheet. Yeah. Like, so many people will come in here like, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come and we'll we'll give you a price sheet. You don't fucking hear from him for two weeks. No, because they're playing kept, a pricing game. He did what, game. He, what he said and he kept doing it. He came in, hey, anything we can help you out with? Uh, we got a deal on this or whatever. Then all of a sudden it was just like this relationship started. And before sure. I knew it, I was buying a whole lot more. Well, I mean, they, if you come in with an honest approach, I mean, the way that it was presented to me and Corey and to Eric, my general manager, was, you know, U.S. Foods is in business to make money. Right. Like, we're not in business to go out of business. And I respect that. So this is what our pricing is. This is what we can do our absolute best on these certain items, on these certain items. And we're going to make a commitment to you that we're going to be consistent on those items. And if you need anything, ask for it. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, in sales, especially in sales, so many people fail is that they want to get to the gatekeeper. They want to get, how do I get to the decision maker? And I just, just give me 15 minutes. Like, why don't you spend not just 15 minutes? Why don't you spend 15 hours and learn about that company? You know, the real companies aren't scared to publish information whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on their website, the better the company, the more active they are and the more transparent they are. Learn about them, find out about them, and how about you shut the fuck up and you go in and you ask questions? Right. Like, I, it, it's not about you, right? Yeah, I think that um, the only reason I've been so successful in sales, I never thought I would be a sales person. Telephone. At all. I think it's for you, Derek. Yellow. We, we like some ribs. Well, we'll just we'll deal with it. <laughs> you know, it, what you guys said about 
people and relationships and transparency. You can tell by looking somebody in the eyes what kind of person they are. Yeah. And right away, you're either turned on or turned off. Right. I want to have a relationship with this person or not. Sure. And, you know, I've been with U.S. Foods for nine years. And I've seen hundreds of people come and go. Hundreds. Hundreds. Of sales. Yeah. Sales reps. And actually, it doesn't matter. I mean, doesn't matter the department. Just whoever they are. Whoever they are. And whatever they bring to the table. And always honesty, integrity, transparency. Follow through. Follow through, diligence. If it, come, if it comes out of your mouth, you better fucking do it. Yes. And you better be honest about it. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the, you know, after Brad got an opportunity to go and work, you know, for his best friend up at Trinity, right. um, you know, we were really worried because that was a relationship that we had started. And Brad said, you know, Josh is my best friend here at this company. He understands the bigger picture and you're going to be fine. Well, how cool is that, too, to, you know, make sure that he knows. And, and for us, you know, especially with Kevin, like, to have someone at U.S. Foods with as much knowledge as you got with the, with the, in the beef department, in the certified Angus beef, I mean, fuck, dude, you can just learn so much. And it's not like, you, that doesn't happen all the time. And be, I mean, like, Kevin, t- tell me about this. And it's just like, right away, I got to answer. I know what's going on. Transparent. And that's, that's what helped us so much. Give us a little bit of background how you got involved in the food business, Kevin. Well, yeah, definitely. You know, I actually went to college. What's your position, actually, to start with that? Uh huh. So I'm uh, currently a business development manager. I wear a couple of hats, uh, as Derek kind of touched on. The best uh, people in any company should wear as many hats as fucking possible. Right. If you say know, it's right? not your job, then you need to stop fucking working there. Like, everything has to be your job. You have to care about everything. And that's why both of you are as successful as you are at U.S. Foods. And that's no bullshit. That's not to pat you on the back. That's just the honest truth about it. You have to know what the driver goes through. You have to know what that customer service person goes through in order to understand how every product gets on the truck, gets Mm -hmm. delivered to the customer, and what that process looks like. If If you don't give a damn about the guy who's emptying the trash on site at Vista, then, you know, you're not a company man. Every single every single aspect of the company, the more that you learn about it, the better you can be at your job. So you, you have multiple hats that you wear. What else do you do besides business development? I'm a meat specialist. So first and foremost. Meat specialist. Yeah. We like meat specialists. I mean, how cool of a job is that? You that- get to <laughs> pour your whole life and all of your uh, passion into uh, something as cool as beef and pork and chicken, a little bit of lamb, a little bit of veal, but... Over the years, a company you know that I work for, U.S. Foods, has just been phenomenal, investing so much time and and uh, money and training into me. Tell uh, us about the Stockyards. So, Stockyards Meat Packing Company is actually the oldest meat uh, company in the United States. Uh, it was out of founded where? Out of, in out Chicago, of, in Chicago, uh-huh. okay. eighteen ninety-three. Oof. Uh, Mr. Pollock, he was a Polish immigrant, came here to the United States with his family uh, in the mid eighteen hundreds, and he was working long hours in the Union stockyards, uh, deplorable conditions, you know, the heat of the summer and then the freezing cold of the winter. But he managed to elevate himself up from uh, working the, the fabrication line to getting more and more jobs with higher increased responsibility, made enough money to one day where he had a bright idea that he was going to open up a butcher shop. How you like that story, Derek? Yeah, dude, I fucking <laughs> love it. That's, that's right. <laughs> and that's actually where my grandpa came from, Chicago. Really? Wow. Yeah. 
So, so from the south side of Chicago, uh, Mr. Pollock opened up a, a an old world bo- uh, Polish style butcher shop, which is pretty common in in Europe. But at the time in the United States, there wasn't anything like I've heard of, yeah. And he um, called it Stockyards Meatpacking Company, established in 1893. Wow! And he and his company were actually the first uh, group of people, the first organization to actually start creating portioned beef cuts the way we know them today your your new york strip primals yeah yeah wow actually breaking the primals down where before that if you wanted beef you had to buy a quarter carcass or a half Half, carcass and and just go at it right um but he found a niche that these resorts and these hotels and these high-end restaurants on the eastern shoreboard and the east coast wanted those consistently portioned cuts they didn't want to have to butcher down a, a four-quarter and harvest out a, you know, a clod, a clod steak or whatever. Sure. And so many of the meat buyer's guide numbers <coughs> that we know today uh, for these cuts of beef, he actually wrote. That's wild. Wow. Well, I mean, cool think about how hard it is, too, because once you start, you know, understanding the anatomy of, of the cattle, you understand that the, the muscles that are not as weight-bearing are going to be the mo- most tender. And when people want it, want that product... Then it's like, okay, what do you do with the chuck? Well, I have 100 people that want a piece of ribeye, but I can't buy 100 cattle, right? right. So now what do I do with the, this chuck arm <laughs> I have here? It's just fucking sitting here. I got a fucking whole cooler full of fucking chuck arms. You got to f- grind it out, do whatever you, you got to do. But, I mean, it's uh, to come up with that concept on the primals, I mean, that's that's innovative just in its, its own right. It, it's I mean, it's crazy because it's part of – what we are as America. I mean, in, in Bulgaria, they don't waste anything. You know, in all these different countries around the world, they find ways to utilize different cuts into soups. And it, it just depends on what the animal is, but they're very resourceful, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of those things were because of immigrants, you know. Because of immigrants, they came over and they brought things that right. they, they knew from their family traditions that... It was all know, they knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full carcass utilization. Right? You Absolutely. had to feed an entire stockyard, what, what were they? What cattle were they raising there yeah so the unique thing about why chicago became the mecca of uh usda or american north american beef is quite simply is, is it was easy to rail out on the american railroad systems oh that makes sense uh-huh so we we gathered all of our herds uh to chicago so we could bring the corn to them these guys uh. you know the the uh, the Swift and companies and the, the the packers of the day knew that it would be easier to bring the feed or the food to the cattle rather than the cattle to, to the, the feed. feed yeah. mm-hmm. And so, and one of the cool things about knowing guys like you know you uh, Sean and, and Derek is that you do get this this gate to plate process. You guys, a couple of guys not far from each other in, a, in mm-hmm. a San Diego, are putting your eyes and your hands on so much different beef and pork and and product that it, it took a long time to get to you. And yeah. you respect the fact that it was about 760 days that that... I respect the fucking process, man. Yeah, it's the gate-to-play process. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely huge. And, you know, there's so many movements that, you know, we're talking about sustainable food and all the things yep. that we want to do right. And Derek and I, I mean, we talk about all the, you know, for us to leave a legacy for our children and hopefully grandchildren at some point, you know, we have to care about everything. You know, but caring about everything, you have to work with people that you trust and companies that you trust to help educate you. Because if a company like U.S. Foods doesn't care about the entire process and they don't care about 
helping Derek and I understand that process and giving us opportunities to come behind the scenes, which you guys have done multiple times. Gene and I and Thomas, we went up and took a tour right on the, right when you guys built that uh, Vista location. Dude, mm-hmm. I flew out. They flew me out to Kansas. That's amazing. They sent me the national the national uh, beef pa- uh, packing plant. That's right. I mean, to and watch the process. I've seen it a lot before, but I mean, they knowledge is power, and if if you can if you can educate your consumer like yeah. they're educating us and we can educate our consumer and everyone knows that you care so i know us foods cares my consumer knows i care then everyone the relationship is is going to be so much stronger because Absolutely. They, they, don't, they don't have to second guess where they're getting the product from well if Derek cares this much about the beef and you know he, he's so adamant about him getting the best stuff well guess what he's going to care that much about his chicken and, and everything else so they don't have to like oh i don't know if i should get chicken here because it's like no I care just as much about that as I do my beef. You know, it's, yeah. it's a big, big right. deal to me, and and they can they can trust that I'm going to be that way, and that's that's how you are at Cali Comfort too. I mean, you guys fucking touch every single thing. You make sure that you know the the consistency is so so big, and again, it it doesn't start with with us. It starts with you guys and at, at US Foods making sure that we wouldn't be with you guys if you guys if we didn't feel like you guys cared, and and to know that you guys care, it's it's easy for us to to support it. Well, I mean, one of the things. Um, that we value so much as education and you know this podcast we don't have a sponsor we don't you know for us we want to be as organic as possible but when we do find a tool a business tool that we can pass on to somebody else that might want to open up a restaurant or that is running a restaurant um, we try to do that and restaurantowner.com was is an unbelievable resource that we've been able to utilize, which is one of the reasons why we have a prime vendor agreement with US Foods. Um, you know, We get weekly emails, profit tip of the week, and they tell us these things you, know, you need to start caring about and why it's so important to have a prime vendor relationship because of the time that you're spending basically pimping out sales reps. Like, oh, I'm going to tell them I'm getting this much, you know, I'm paying this much for dry goods and I'm paying this much for chemicals. And, you know, next week the different rep comes in and, you know, it's such a stupid game that people play and it's such a waste of time. You know, it's like you get your your pricing list from U.S. Foods. And you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go to Restaurant Depot and I'm going to, I mean, we're talking about commodities. Yeah. You know, like prices fluctuate. And a lot of people spend so much time focused on saving their way to Yes. Success. Yes. And instead of focusing on what you guys focus on, developing, quality and developing partnerships. Partnerships, quality, making sure that you're charging the customer that comes and sits in your seat the right amount of money in order for you to be successful. Absolutely. You know, if you ask a customer what's your number one most profitable item on your menu, you know, 50% of them might not know. And More than that. Maybe it I is bet you fifty percent of my staff doesn't know. I was trying to. I was which trying is my, to be, which gets back to my fault. <laughs> I was trying to my be fault nice. Has, my fault as the leader. I should. I should do a better job educating my staff. But that's what the. the I mean, that's the number one goal is to, that everybody needs to understand that we need to make money. We need to pay for the deliveries. Yes. The gas. The insurance. The, the overhead. We're in California. Storing the product. Yes. Getting the product to us. In turn. You, as the restaurant operator, need to understand all of your costs, and that needs to reflect on your menu. So us at U.S. Foods are trying to go about it saying, look, Mr. Customer, 
we're going to give you a very transparent program. It's all right here in black and white on our website. Here's all your prices. Yes. There's no more dropping off a price list or anything like that. You guys know penciling it, writing no. it down on pencil. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. like it's like you're going to a fucking gym. You know, it's like what are you? Where's your pricing structure? Like, oh well, I don't have. Let, let's sit down. Let's talk about it. How what much can I get you to pay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we want to. We want to help stop the car dealership. Like you know, like we don't need that anymore. We need some transparency. And you tell us you guys need to make money. That's what it is. And we want to help you make it make money yes. right because us us being stronger and us growing from 18 employees to 92 employees is makes guess what we're buying a lot more food from us foods yep right the more successful you are the more successful we are yeah absolutely how long so you've been at us foods for how long Josh? nine years for nine years what yep. were you doing before then i was in the kitchen in the kitchen where where, where? which kitchen i was with well i went to culinary institute worked my way up um, I always thought it was the best to go to the top places and work your way up. Yeah. So that's who why taught I, you that. I, when did I what was, I what was your figured, first job? How old were you? My first real job was at I was twelve years old working in construction with 12 my dad. Years old. There you go. Your digging dad. trenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would say, "I need it forty-five feet by two feet by four feet deep." Mm-hmm. And I did that for about three years, and then I was like, "Yeah, I ain't doing that ever again." <laughs> See ya. And then uh, busboy at Harpoon Henry's down in Dana Point Harbor, and I, I would make one hundred and twenty dollars on a Saturday night in tips, cash. Nice. And I was fifteen years old. Rich, and then, rich as fuck. Just fifteen yeah. years old at one hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> we had 21, <laughs> right. 21, 22 year old waitresses saying, "Hey, you guys want to go out to party after yeah. this?" I don't have a car. Can you drive me can to you the drive party? Me and can you get can me you beer me while you're at it? <laughs> so I just fell in love with the restaurant industry at that moment. And then, you know, I, I think cooking for people and seeing the look on people's faces and the satisfaction when they're done with the meal mm-hmm. was the coolest thing. So I went into culinary school right out of high school, um, went to the Four Seasons um, resorts and hotels, started at I think I was making four twenty-five out in Arizona. Four twenty-five um, an hour. Four twenty-five an hour. Nice. Worked my way up. I'm guessing you didn't complain about it either. No, I was super happy. Right. <laughs> Just to get in and gratitude and, goes a long way. And uh, you know, I I worked there for twelve years, and you know, I got an opportunity to cook for you know stars and just get into the trenches and do mm-hmm. do it right and learn the right way to do it. And they were another company that spent a lot of money on education and, you know, coaching up. And it was it was just a great opportunity. I learned a lot and never saw my kids. So yeah. I actually had a U.S. food sales rep come to me and give me the opportunity to, to make the move. To San Diego? In San Diego. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I got to, um, you know, do an interview. And I started at the bottom at U.S. Foods and I've... I've worked my way up almost to the very top. So what is your, uh, what's your advice for people working their way up? De- First of all, describe your week. What's your, your pie chart? How does that, you know, like how much time do you spend dealing with assholes like me telling you not to fuck up my ribs? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's constant. You know, there's a balance. You, you you can firefight all day long or yeah. you can be proactive and get ahead of situations mm-hmm. and, understand the business and try and just just work with people and collaborate internally to make sure that everything's going as smooth as possible 
Well, I mean, I think one of the things that I've found just running Cali Comfort for coming up on 10 years is the traits that make a good sales rep are it's not about what you're selling. It's about you caring about me, you know, as an owner and you caring about me and the way that Brad cared about me and the way that Kevin cares about me. You guys listen. And when you come in, you don't come in with your own agenda. You come in because we're firefighting as well. We're trying to put out fires. We're trying to figure out things. We're trying to develop product. We're trying to put on a Del Mar barbecue state championship, something that's on top of my mind. If I can bounce that off you and you can find a way, whether it has anything to do with us foods or not, like you've cared. And because you've cared, that's made the relationship stronger. I mean, frankly, it's made it stronger because it's not about Josh and it's not about Kevin and it's not about us foods. It's about how can we help Cali comfort? Yeah. And those are the things that, you know, because it's been personal in a company that has 25,000 people, right? I mean, you guys have Wikipedia is telling me 25,000 people. We've got a lot. We've got 64 distribution centers in just about every major city in the United States. But you guys are breaking it down spot on. It's great to hear your passion for what we do for you. Um, $23 billion in annual revenue. I mean, yep. publicly traded company. This a little is, bit. I mean, they did a little bit of business. Well, I mean, the, 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 I'm buying a little stock lately. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's significant volume that you're doing, but then you're doing the right things and you're going back. You're not, like I said, pushing your agenda onto operators. You're trying to sit there and listen. What did Derek and I care about? We care about giving back through these barbecue events. And we come and we ask you, can you guys, are you guys willing to sponsor? Well, how can we sponsor? What's the best way not to show off U.S. foods, but to show off hey, what are you trying to do? You know, we spent three hours with Scott, you know, VP of sales, talking about what are the best ways that we can help this event. It's not about U.S. foods. It's about the barbecue teams. It's about this professional KCBS teams that are coming out. It's about the barbecue restaurants like Coops and Grand Ole Barbecue and Brazen. And how can we help them build their businesses? And how can we support this event? Um, Yeah. This is your guys' event. I mean, we have enough marketing and everything. We want you guys to be the light of the show. We're well, just there I mean, to help you. You might have enough marketing, but we talk about, I mean, we talked about this with Scott Kaplan. Traditional marketing and the new marketing, the world that we're about to enter is completely different. Yeah. You know, that's completely different. I mean, we're talking about millennials and Gen X, Gen Y. Um, every, all this content is all going to be on the internet. And like, that's where people start, they need to start focusing, you know, whatever marketing budget U.S. Foods has as a publicly traded company, they need to start really investing in those channels of Instagram and Facebook live videos. That's finding things like Del Mar, where you can get involved and and be part of the action because that's our guy. Like that's our, our district sales manager. That's kept like these guys are supposed to be, you know, in the press box, you know, they're supposed to be, but they're down on the field carrying the water bottles. Well, I think a lot of people are starting to understand that it's it's not always a bottom dollar thing. And if you're worried about, in a, in a marketing sense, about just your bottom dollar, who you can get in, it, it doesn't work that way. You're, you're starting to see with the younger generation, people are really wanting to become part of a movement. Yes. So, and as much as they don't think they want to be led because they want to be this free spirit, if you lead them 
and lead them in the right direction and they can be a part of something in a movement. Sure. They fucking become so vested in that. And that's really where I think the marketing is going. If, if you yes. can get them like the Del Mar events and the charity aspect and, and show them that this is what we do. Like, that's what we talk about. That's what I want my kids to see. I don't want my kids to see that I own all these businesses or whatever. I want my kids to see that dad works hard and he gives back all the fucking time. Yes. Like, that's what I want my legacy to be. And to do that, I have to position myself to be partnered up with people who care. The U.S. foods of the world, you yeah. know, people that want to give back as well and, and share the same vision. I mean, nothing's harder as you grow as a business. I mean, we know just from being a single unit restaurant. I mean, the the more employees we have, the more structure we need. I mean, that's you know always going to be the biggest thing about a corporation growing or becoming a public. I mean, you have SEC rules you have to follow. I mean, you have all these guidelines. I mean, when you guys said that you were going to go on the podcast to your marketing director, you know, it was a huge red flag because. As a company, you guys have to stand for something and you have shareholders that you have to, you have a fiduciary responsibility to protect those shareholders, you know, and the world we live in, while we embrace and we love, you know, transparency and honesty and putting the content out and publishing live videos, the biggest fear for all these huge corporations and come, you know, and the tr like anybody that's a public figure, guess what? At any point that YouTube video can go viral and you have a United Airlines kicking and screaming customer that turns into this huge PR nightmare. It's like, well, Josh, what the fuck did you say on the podcast? Like, what's the problem here? Now, you we, know. We've been instructed to plead the fifth on about four different topics. I've, no I've, I've, no I've comment, Sean. I've, I've tried to uh, get those questions, but yeah. hopefully I can just get through them in my, my, uh, my general course of asking these guys what's happening. But being publicly traded for only what a year and just over three yeah. months or so, you know, I'm definitely still learning. And for them to get, you know, on a conference call yesterday with us and kind of just educated us was, was cool and in, enlightening yeah. for me to see that. But to touch it, on the advertising or marketing and everything right behind you, we have our U S foods, um, new homepage. updated homepage and they're dumping so much over the last five six years they've dumped a lot of money into the technology and you see twitter facebook instagram it. and they're only putting more well they're into technology they're not where they want they should be social on the social side but right. on the technology operator side yeah i mean i give you guys so much credit for investing in technology that's changing the way that a business operator can run their restaurant. But they can only do I mean, it so fast, though. I mean, you think about it, too. It's like so many, so many moving parts. We so talk many about moving it, parts. We talk about it so many times where it's like, you know what? I can pivot a lot fucking faster than most people Absolutely. because I'm, I have my one store. And if I want to change something, guess what? If I wake up on one side of the bed, I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking change this today. Yeah. With, with them, I'm going to sell it's, flowers it's a, and butterflies. <laughs> right, you can I'm, do that. I'm so, I'm so into those. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for them, it's just a lot harder. It's harder to pivot. But you can see... They're starting. They're starting to get and it. They're starting to understand. And then ass go up, ladder, and it's coming back down. And now you can see it's like, okay, cool, man. I mean, look at this this front page. I mean, I fucking I dig it. Well, to, Der to Derek's point, you know, you mentioned a, a moment ago about how people want to identify with a movement and a cause and how do they identify themselves. And, and U.S. Foods is kind of an agile company for being such a big company. And we're hearing in our feedback to us and what, what we're pushing back down to our entire organization is that, 
the millennial generation's coming, you know, and I'm from Generation X, so I still like to consider myself somewhat young. <laughs> but um, we get what the, the, the market is telling us. And those comments that you made, and, and it kind of also goes back to you, Sean, with the transparency. And we're changing the game. And this isn't about this. Oh, this podcast isn't about U.S. foods, but it's, it, it's fun to hear you guys talk about it because we're changing the customer's experience. That's how yeah. we're changing the game. And, and this is a really cool opportunity to get that message out uh, through you guys. But it's also fun. You know, we right. really identify with you guys. And, and well, it's you, the people you have, per- you have people path. in your organization that love what they do. We do. And like, it's such a hard job. I mean, I see Josh. I mean, I've, I've brought Josh. Josh comes to, he came out to a tailgate, a couple tailgates, yeah. I believe, for the Chargers games. Ooh. The guy has his fucking laptop. Right. And he's out there grinding it out. Like he's like, "Can I bring the laptop in?" I'm like, "I'm pretty sure that's against the bag policy." <laughs> no, you cannot bring the laptop in. I brought my and, clear bag. Yes, I brought my clear bag. I, I've got to process I, these orders. I used to go to Charger with my laptop. Third quarter, LTs yes. running down the sideline, yes. and my wife's looking at me. She's like, "Are you freaking serious yes. right Are now?" I'm like, serious? "Louise needs his order." Yes, Louise has order. to get his yeah. order. This is before our technology front helped yes. us out. Yeah, what's so cool now? They you can have you can do it on with your phone. Twenty four seven. <laughs> Boom. I mean, the funny thing is because Brad did the same thing when we took him to the games. Yeah. It, was, it was the absolute same thing in the parking lot on their laptop processing orders on a Sunday. But you do it and you're like, well, God, why would you want to do that? You know, why would you drive? Where do you live? Temecula. Temecula. Why would you drive? From, I mean, how many miles do you put on your car? Uh, Seriously. Probably about 200 a day. He's on his second Prius in four years. <laughs> <laughs> That's Just impressive. Wearing it out. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, maybe Toyota should reach out He's to you. He's on a buy three, get, get one, one three. <laughs> right. It's all for the family. <laughs> but going back, going back to the technology that you guys have invested in, I mean, if, if you think of how restaurant managers, owners, operators, how they used to put in orders on literally a printed out, sheet and they would go through and go i need one i need two cases of this i need yeah. three of this working off and a then and fax and then, it over and then the, yeah. no, the sale, no then the sales rep would come in and then they'd sit down and then they'd go over the entire order the sales rep would put it in to their computer and then their computer would go and put it out is that right yeah, yeah. now you can add another step or two and I, sure. I hear something about like a, a folder with a pay phone and yes. quarters yes but but now that was before my time Eric goes in, does the inventory, and he can just put it in on his phone. Right. No, you know, we don't need Josh to come down. We don't need Joe to come down. As much as we love to see them, like their time is more valuable elsewhere. Yeah. And I don't feel like we're, you know, I don't feel like we're losing service. We're actually gaining service through technology with efficiency too. And it's, I love it's efficiency. Efficient. I hate right. I hate inefficiency. Well, we're all in such a low margin business, retail and and restaurant and food service. You know, we're making pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And so wherever we can speed it up and then put the power back into your hands and show you how to make money instead of save money for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what we're we're trying to do. So yeah, I think you guys do a real good job with that too, with the educating people on their on their beef products. I know, Kevin. I mean. I get back to it, but how how savvy you are in that in that aspect. I mean, the certified Angus beef and the products you guys carry. I mean, it's uh it's great, and to teach your consumer about that that drives more business to to that. I mean, certified Angus beef is. I don't know how it is now. I mean, I know they wouldn't just go in anywhere back in the day. Is that still yeah. the, the same thing? Tell us, same tell thing. us about uh, CAB. Well. Um, so it kind of ties in with Stockyard's meatpacking company where U.S. Foods was fortunate enough to acquire them about 20 years ago. And we've now been able to take that brand nationwide. And 
we're lucky enough to have the, the exclusive certified Angus beef license in about 15 or 16 of our, our markets. So, Derek, you're right. It, it just doesn't go everywhere. And it's right. as simple as there's just not that many head of cattle that will qualify for the stringent carcass quality specifications behind that program. I mean, just knowing those specs, I mean, going through the list, I mean, it's a lot of shit they have to do to get a CAB stamp on them. It is. I say we're asking a lot out of God to raise cattle that can hit these 10 <laughs> specs and, yeah. and still, uh, you know, have enough supply to, to put product in a box. Yeah, pretty, yeah pretty absolutely. Unique. But I, I did hear um, a positive, though, that there are a bunch, a lot more head of cattle being raised right now and should be driving uh, the prices down a little bit compared to what I thought was going to happen this year. So the next yep. year, year and a half is supposed to be pretty pretty good with the, with the growth of um, all the head that's coming up and that means a lot to a guy like you um who is you know there's only 29 lean cuts of beef on the on the beef carcass mm -hmm. and you're probably buying about all 29 of yeah. them then um in about 2012 we had severe drought 2013 in the midwest where the majority of your cattle's coming from yeah and it took about two years to recover. It so. was whooping my ass, dude. Oh. I mean, you're talking about flat meat getting up to almost fucking nine bucks. Like, it, it was yeah. killing me. And people were like, how come your carne asada is so expensive? I can't come in here. I'm like, I'm not even fucking making margin. Yeah, like, I'm right. not even coming close to, I, I'm losing money on this product right now because I'm scared to go over this $10, $11 mark. And so I just kept it at nine ninety nine. I lost my ass on that, you know? And you just know, hope they buy a beer, a case of beer, yeah. they, whatever it is on the way out. Exactly. Yeah. So the head count was extremely low. We just didn't have enough corn to feed our cattle. So uh, farmers weren't holding on to cattle. They were running them all through. They were harvesting them. And it took about 700 days, which is the typical life cycle of a cattle uh, gate to plate when it's born until it ends up on your plate to replenish the herd. Um, and, and simply the, the reason that was is we had to hold back the heifers, the females. We had sure. to turn them into cows. We had to have them have more calf. Right. And now that we're back up to that herd headcount that we need, we're able to send some of those heifers to harvest. So it's not just steers, which are males. Right. So we've got our, our herd count back. And so prices are really good. It's funny because I like to make the joke that as the distributor of all of these um, products, you know, we sure our phone rings a lot when the prices are high. <laughs> yeah, <I mean>, no, <laughs> but nobody's sure. inviting me to any parties now that the yeah. prices are low. I'm like, yeah. come on, what a, well, where's the love? What was killing us too? I know with, with the drought and there wasn't so many uh, cattle, but a lot of these farms that were uh, letting their cattle graze. They weren't yep. getting anything, so they're buying feed that they normally wouldn't be buying. Mm -hmm. So it just increases their – they have to make that money back up. So the price of that cattle goes up even yeah. more on top of there only being such few cattle. And then it just – I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, dude, these prices were I, – I literally had sleepless nights because I didn't know. I'm like, do I just take, take it in the ass and, and fucking you know, get fucked and, and hopefully it, it, we get through this, or do I – raise my prices and not sell anything and have the consumer look at me like, Oh, Hey, yeah, there's a transition. You're buying your family out of this business and you fucking raise, raise the prices. prices yeah. I'm like, Dude, this it's isn't brutal. it. Like it, yeah. it really did. It did mind fuck me for a little bit. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about uh, your operation here at Valley farms and um, Sean too, with the product that you're putting out uh, for your customers is that we, at some point we have to have price courage because we know we're buying the best quality product right. and, when you're when you're working with a certified Angus beef brand, um, that consistency and, and the quality eating experience you're going to give your customers every time, 
it does give you a reason to have a little bit more price courage when the market is high and your Nothing. customers, they're not going to say, you know, I come to, uh, you know, Valley Farms Market because they're the home of the $1.99 top sirloin. They, right. They're going to go, right. dude, I'm going to Valley Farms because that $2.99 top sirloin was yeah. really Yeah, we, we do get that a lot. And, you know, you do see these commodity stores getting uh, some choice stuff now. And they're like, man, I saw this choice uh, um, export over at, Albertsons for for four something a pound. I'm like, I totally get it. Now go try it. Yeah. Try their choice and come back and try my choice or my prime. And then I, I'm I'll show you exactly what I'm making on it. And they come back. They're like, Oh yeah, dude. I was like chewing for days on a fucking <laughs> yeah. rib roast. You know, right? And like, well, I'm I'm not trying to talk myself up, but I, I care a lot about my product. And you know, well, maybe, you care about how it looks. Yeah, I and, care about everything, man. I you know sometimes I, mean? I wish it's, I didn't care as much as I do sometimes. It's funny because. <laughs> Like just recently, we started talking, you know, with Corey um, because of the world we live in. I mean, everything that we do, we put it out and we put the content out on Instagram or we put it out on Twitter or Facebook. And we realized that, you know, the power of the, the telephone, I mean, the, it's a computer in your pocket. You know, it's like that's where we've grown as a business. That's why we're still open today. Yeah. But if you look at it from a business standpoint, from a restaurant, you know, you do menu engineering, you cost out your menu and you recipe engineer. But what is going to start happening and has already started happening at Cali Comfort is we're going to start reverse engineering from the plate. So from that sexy Instagram photo, we're going to figure out how exactly are we going to get back to the product. So by what I mean is like we need to start figuring out what it's going to look like on the phone when somebody goes and they pull up our menu and they say, you know, this is what, you know, the tri-tip sandwich looks like, you know, plated with our wedding beans and our mac and cheese. This is exactly how we want it to look like. Now, how do we get it back and go all the way back through the process? Like, those are the things that need to happen. It's not, oh, I put this menu item here on this location in the menu so I could sell it because it's the highest profit. It's going to be what is, I mean, because images everything right you know one of my favorite marketing campaigns of all time was the canon marketing campaign with andre agassi images everything i mean this guy comes into tennis you know this old school sport and has a ponytail an earring looked absolutely ridiculous wore crazy colors but like canon utilized that and i mean to this day i still remember images everything and it couldn't be more so today with instagram and facebook and all the things that we see we see it so fast we want that content so fast. So as a restaurant, how are we going to make that plate sexy? That's, well, we're going to make that plate sexy by how are we going to make that display sexy? You know, when somebody leaves with Derek's food out of the store and it's something that's already been pre-made, what is the packaging? Right. I mean, you know, you and I know we've talked about, I, we're trying to figure out how do we get a sustainable package, number one, right. you know, something that is environmentally friendly, but also that it's going to, I can pay for. You know, that I don't have to charge a customer more for, but also that's going to be our brand when somebody goes out. You know, if somebody goes and they have a corporate lunch and they're like, you know, we're going to come and pick up food for 120 people. I want that to look as sexy as possible. I want it to look like Cali Comfort Barbecue. Well, how, how are we going to do that? I have to have partners like U.S. Foods. I have to have partners like Kevin and you that actually care and that'll listen, you know, because... I mean, we, we went through it with the bag, with the bag liner, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like what, what might work for one company that is a corporate restaurant that has, you know, 250 units is not going to work for me. So how do we find that medium is what we have. You guys have to 
you know, partner. Right. Finding solutions. For and I know I'm stuff. a pain in the ass big time. No, but I mean, it was honestly. <laughs> There's not many people that know how much of a pain in the ass no, I am. I, other I, than I Josh. fucking know. If anyone needs uh, to know, I'll fucking tell you. Um, but one of the first things my dad taught me when I came in, he said, people buy with their eyes. Yep. And it's the fucking honest to God truth. They did all this Don't research you? too. Oh, fuck yes. Absolutely. Because if you're putting out a sexy product, it means you care. You care about that yep. product. Um, they did a, a research project on produce that said, here's the same exact bell peppers put mm -hmm. under, in this case, under mm -hmm. this lighting, and how many are you going to sell the same exact bell peppers in another case with poor lighting and a poor display? Wow. I mean, it just fucking blew my mind how many people bought the other, the one that had sexy lighting, yep. looked good in a case, but it was the same exact fucking product. Yep. It looked no different, but it was yep. just how it was, it was displayed. It was like eight to one. They yeah. picked the other bell pepper. And I mean, it, that, it just, that's it like just we're, we're going through something similar. We um we purchased the USDA processing facility in LA. It's it's huge. It's fifty five thousand square feet. Wow. And, yeah, it, it's really. <laughs> I need to go fucking see that. Wow. Anytime. I know. Yeah, we're yeah. coming. Well, we're, coming to LA. we're coming behind the smoke, <laughs> right? The that podcast would be cool. in there. Yeah. In make, the make sure hey. the corporate. Make, make sure. <laughs> make sure <laughs> we'll give you keys to the bandsaw. You can take it like, for a ride. Nice. This, this attorney will be following you. <laughs> so, so some of the um, opportunities that we have with this um, processing facility is that we're licensed to uh, sell our product into retail, and so we have retail and co-packing opportunities. And nice. we're, we're going through the exact same thing, right? Derek, trying to Absolutely. determine if is it a black back. Um, with a clear plastic front for the retail, yes. with the nutritional on the back, and then the customer's logo on the front, or is it a white totally uh, tray with a clear and, and some of our uh, and what's the little mm -hmm. thing that you put on the bottom that uh, catches the, the diaper? Uh, we call it yeah, the, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, is that supposed to be black? Do you want it the to be white catch, so, yeah. so it doesn't uh, turn red mm -hmm. and it looks like it's old? I, yeah, dude, fuck. That's there's so much to think about. You you think it's so easy? I just. Dude, just throw that fucking piece it's, of me in there, wrap it, and yeah. throw it out there. Nope. But, but the companies that get it right, they get that brand loyalty. You know, if you talk about Steve Jobs and what he did with Apple and the iPhone, I mean, I was against the iPhone. I, I was like, I'm not fucking using that. I, I had an Android. But then, you know, Lou Bush actually is the one that was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Try this out. And then I tried it, and it made sense. And then I bought an iPhone, and the package that the iPhone comes in it's the nicest fucking box there is on the market. I mean, it is like so sleek and sexy. Yeah, you're bought in inside, just on the box. Right on the inside, the you know, you get a manual with any electronics you device. It's not a fucking manual. It's like everything about that experience is like makes you want to invest more. You're like, Jesus, I can't wait till I get the next Apple box. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things. But that's caring about everything. You know, like Apple had to care about designing every aspect of that consumer experience. And like, those are the things that you guys are trying to do now. You mm -hmm. know, if you're putting a product in the store and, you know, it's the same thing that we do when we bottle the retail retail sauce. It's like, you have to spend time and care about your logo. You have to well, care about that. You say it a lot, but it's like, you, ha you have to make it sexy. Both you, you don't guys make it sexy, have the opposite. It. It's, it's a great analogy that you just did there, Sean, with the, um, the Apple phone and how it looks in the box. Because you're kind of the same way. Um, it's the opposite of building a car. Your, your finished product is broken down and kind yes. of disassembled. And they're going to take pictures of your London broil raw in the meat case. Right. But it came from a, a whole subprimal. Big pieces into little pieces instead yeah. of little pieces into big pieces. And Sean's the same thing. Like his end in mind is um, the customer's going to take an Instagram photo of the uh, brisket plated out with the wedding beans yep. and the mac and cheese. And that's all 
broken down and deconstructed yes, essentially too absolutely but that's the end in mind how does that finished product look for you guys because that finished product has to it has to be hot it's got to be the right food temperature yep, the right quality color. has to be perfect you know and like all those things you need equipment to do you need staff you need training to do but when you do it right and you hit that home run yeah you're like you've done something that so many people don't do you know because they don't care and they don't care that the host greets them when they walk in the door and they don't yeah. smile and the server doesn't come within less than a minute to their table and actually knows what they're talking about, the craft beer that they can recommend that goes with the ribs or that goes with the tri-tip. You know, they're, if we care about that and we make our staff care about that, all those customer points of pressure, those are all going to become points of pleasure pretty much. Yeah. And to do it consistently, it's not easy. There's a, a gentleman who runs um, a very successful restaurant uh, group in Texas called Taste of Texas, and his name is Ed Hendy, and he's got a lot of material out there on the internet. And he tells a story about that same style of thinking that you talked about, the consistency, consistency and all the things that come into putting your finished product out. And he, his story goes like this. So the husband uh, knows it's his uh, you know 20th wedding anniversary with his wife, and he wants to do something special. So... He uh, makes reservations at the best restaurant in town. He goes and he gets the car washed. He hires the uh, babysitter to come over. He sends the dog over to the, you know, the dog watcher. And he, he's, he's spending all this money and taking care of all of these things. He goes and he buys flowers on his way home. He gets a card. He gets a present. And then he goes to the restaurant and his wife orders the filet and it sucks. Yeah. Because that restaurant owner, so help me God, tried to save a freaking dollar yep. seven right. per pound on my wife's filet. And yes. I asked her, how was your dinner? And she goes, it, it was terrible. He goes, I'm, I'm so pissed right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I am not coming back. And I, I even want to write a letter to the owner and tell him what happened. Yeah. And so when you try to cut a corner on, on these challenges that you guys go through and, and I've even heard stories about how people go into the restroom and the toilet paper thin and it falls all over the oh, place. And the absolutely. Floor. It's a deal breaker. You oh, give me a, a single breaker. ply, I'm not fucking coming back. If <laughs> <laughs> you give me a single ply, yeah. you're not going to see me. So more of a two-ply kind of guy. <laughs> so many challenges that you guys have to, to get to that end in mind. Well, what do people under, what, what do people always remember? It's the one negative, right? You can do 10 right. positive things, but if you do one negative thing, they all, they'll always remember it. So you just have to minimize those. Obviously, you're never going to stop them all, but if you can, if you care about that one negative that you truly, honestly care, you will get those, and they, they, you'll minimize them, and it won't happen as much. And that's really what you have to pay attention to is those small things, and making sure that it's not just when they, when I, when they come to Valley Farm, it needs to be an experience, like Sean said. My, my cashiers need to greet them. They need to go to the butcher shop. My, my guys need to be very educated and, and talk to them and let them help them with their dinner. So they go home, let them know that, hey, this is going to be one of the best pieces of meat you're going to get. Yeah. They go out. They're already going because I care about my product. I know it's going to be so good. They're going to dinner, and they're going to make it with this thought, like, oh, this is going to be the best. And th mm -hmm. then they eat it, and then it is really good. Man, it just fucking – now, if I give them a shitty product, and they're like, oh, it wasn't so good, well, then everything I said was a fucking lie, you know? So yeah, it's, it's all I'm done. Yeah, so it's uh, – And they're it, not coming back. Yeah, so if, if I can just make sure that I'm giving them the product and I give them that experience when they come to Valley Farm, you know, I always said – because my, my store has uh, been really, really ran down for um, – you know, it was like 15, 20 years. And then when I came in, I really tried to like revamp it and get it back to where it was back in the 70, 60s and 70s. Um, but I always say, if I can get them in here, I can keep them. It's just right. getting them in here. Yeah. Is, is, is it's my, one of the things issue. that 
I learned in football that I love to teach to our staff, and that's having a head on a swivel. Yeah. In defense, what do they they Dude, teach you to have get, a head on a swivel? Get right. Your ass lit up. Why do you have to have your head on a swivel? Because you get fucking blindsided. You have to know what the fuck is going on everywhere, and, and not just in your position. But everywhere on the field, is that right? Yeah, no, absolutely. When you're in when you're in the hospitality business, you have to care about you. You can have blinders on and you can focus on your goal, but you have to have your head on a swivel and you have to understand that there's stuff that's happening around you. And if you're a hostess and you have to under the phone rings, you have to answer the phone. If you're on the phone and somebody comes in and you don't greet them with eye contact and you don't smile at them, that's a problem. You know, you have to know what's happening. I mean, you all, you, you've all gone to a restaurant where you sit there and the server, they're looking straight at getting into the kitchen. And you're like, dude, if you just turn your head, you can see that my wife needs a refill. Yeah. Like, can you please just turn your head or, you know, these, yeah. I need a to-go box. If you have your head on a swivel, you could, you would have known that already. Right. But you're too focused on getting past doing whatever task you have to do. Dude, I'm fun, bummed. I just looked up at the screen. There's only five minutes left for this podcast. And I feel like we can fucking talk for another hour. Easy easy Good. that's awesome no time's flying this is fun yeah. you guys have uh, a couple of unique things going on and it's just fun to be hanging out with the best barbecue and the best retail well, beef i mean we don't yeah town, we, so. thanks, we don't bro. even we appreciate that but we don't even take the superlative i mean we i mean we approach barbecue and we approach entrepreneurship and business you know really kind of the way that the craft beer industry has done in san diego For sure. you know we've made that analogy on the podcast that stone is better because of ballast point and all those they didn't cannibalize each other they all helped each other grow and you know whatever we can do to you know help out grand old barbecue because they're doing andy's doing amazing things you know brad cooper brazen love them, toggle, all, of them, all of them you yeah. know all of them and whatever we it can brings do the attention yeah you're right it yeah. brings more attention to what we're trying it's to do movement. here on the on the west coast so you, if you just tied it back it's a movement it's that a movement. we want to identify People with right? want to be a part yeah. of it it's i mean movement. look at you know I, I just read an article in the la times about stone they went into germany 220 craft brewer or 220 breweries in germany and the, people the said you're American fucking one. nuts. The Twenty-seven million dollar development, and now they're actually taking hold, and they're starting to take off. People in Germany are starting to respect, you know, the stone process right. and the stone way. It's so different, though. You know, European beer compared to American beer. It's uh, it's gonna but be you, different. It's gonna be different. So people that are are wanting to be innovative out there are gonna start to get, you know, want it, and then. I think it's going to do well. You have to be good. you have to be willing to do things that other people aren't doing. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're a company that's publicly traded and you allow people like Josh and Kevin to come onto a podcast with a couple of slapdicks like you and me. Right. Um, those are the things that you guys are starting to really, you know, you get it culturally. And culturally as a company, I mean, you guys know, you know, you know who are the rock stars in your in your company. Every, you know, no matter how great the company is, there's people that are the best. And they're the ones that, you know, we have our bartenders, our servers, our hosts, our managers, you know, there's ones that they stand out because they care so much about what they do and they love what they do. Hey, you got people like Eric that really yes. bring it. You know, the people that work behind the scenes that allow, you know, me to come over here or go over to Canton to, to do all these things that don't make any sense. Why would a barbecue restaurant be doing stuff like that? And it's created opportunity for us. You know, it's created opportunity for us, but it wouldn't happen if I didn't have somebody like, like that, yeah. like Gene, you know, He's like man. Gene is, is man. I mean, absolutely. We wouldn't even be doing barbecue if it wasn't for Gene, yeah. you know? He's definitely a, a big part of our barbecue, you know, with my dad. My dad was the one that, that taught me, and then Gene kind of uh, refined my skills, And um, but he's, he's, uh, 
He's one of the best. Just ask yeah. him. <laughs> let you know. I remember when I first when I first met him. Yeah, he um, he's not afraid to let his knowledge flow. No, he's yeah. not. He's, I, he's, there's so much in there. He yeah. just like the vomit of the mouth. He just spills it all out. And it's like, wow. Then you start listening. Like that was fucking genius. Like I was at a point in my career when I was trying to prove that I knew something. And right. So I first <laughs> came up against Gene. I think neither one of us like, heard a single word that each other said. <laughs> Because we were both just I think, like... I think I remember that. That was that was a funny funny conversation. And I walked out of there and I said, maybe next time I sit with that guy, I should do a little more listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's one thing that I do want to leave with is what has, what has your sales rep done for you? What happened last year at the Del Mar Barbecue State Championship? What did I ask you to do when you got there and we were deep in the shit with the health inspection? I believe you asked me to wash some pots and pans. <laughs> I certainly wasn't placing an order for food. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on. It might have been, I need these containers right now. I need these containers. First of all, yeah, so he goes, we don't have the judging boxes, the KCBS specs for the correct judging boxes. We had the wrong to-go box that didn't work. Oh. Josh like flew to Restaurant Depot in San Marcos and came back, had them back you know, within an hour. And then after that, the day of the event, he comes in and like, you know, Gene's working, you know, we have, we had 5 million things going on. Gene's trying to figure out, you know, the health inspection, making sure that each of the tents, they, they passed their temporary food facility permit. I'm like, Josh, can you sit here and, you know, oh, we do what you do? With and yes. With, uh, with, the, health health, with yeah. the health department. Yeah. And you went through and made sure that whatever, you know, uh, whatever we needed to get done, if it, if it was get a that a therm- card, yeah, maybe. if it was a thermometer, if it was a hand wash sink, I'm not allowed to be at those meetings because <laughs> my mouth gets me in trouble. Yeah. So Sean pushes me away and Dar- tells me to lock myself in the office so I don't uh, yeah get vomit of the mouth. That, that would be a, that would be a bad barbecue war story. Dude, <laughs> I, I don't do well Derek, with that shit. Derek and the health inspection. I, I, I we, go. we need to keep him as far away. From I do want to get one blurb out there about the Food Fanatics live event. So a lot of people are shying away. A lot of broadliners are shying away from food shows and we are too yeah we don't want an old-fashioned fried food show we're putting on a actual food fanatic live event um it's at the disneyland hotel 927 it's fucking rad 17 is that for is that for anybody you have to be an operator it's for anybody just uh so they can contact if you guys contact us at any point email sean at cali comfort bbq.com um hit us up on twitter um or if you go in the show notes, we have all these all these links. But if you want to go to that food fanatics, I will be there. Most likely, Derek, uh, Gene. We don't miss it. U.S. Foods, they're doing the right things with food. Shows. I'll just be getting back from uh, Alaska. So perfect. Well, I'll pick you up. Hopefully, I got to go find that elusive fucking moose. <laughs> been avoiding me for a, a year or two, so I got to go find him again. Well, nice. Yeah, I mean, when you guys take the time to start caring and re. I mean, basically re-engineering the food show. I mean, that, that's what you're doing. You're finding out, well, what is going to work? Well, what's going to work is when you have food fanatics, you have chefs, you have operators, you have people that are passionate and driven, and they're there to impart knowledge, you know? I, I like that, too. You're actually, like, showing, like, your good product. Like, talk about fried food. It's like, fuck, dude, how many yeah. times have I gone How many to times you go to those? Like, it's like a fucking like fried, lamb fried food <laughs> show. French fries. I already went to, I already went to the it. county fair. <laughs> right. I don't need it. I don't need, need to it. go to the food show. <laughs> we might have some certified English beef up there. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stockyards. Every, everything's going to be there. It's going to be very cool. Well, um, we can't wait, man. We really appreciate you guys coming out and sharing some time with us and the knowledge that you guys have. And, and definitely uh, follow U.S. Foods on Instagram. They've started to get a lot more active. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, follow them on Facebook. 
go check out their website and try to make it out to uh, that that food show because we're going to be there. That's going to be a badass event. Yeah, the food show. I mean, I'll, I'll be there. So Facebook uh, living, and we will be back at your respective businesses. You know, I got to say one last thing is you gave me a bottle of your uh, barbecue sauce some yes. years ago, one of the first uh, to roll off the line, and I didn't open it. I saved it. It's in my trophy case right nice. now because I know you're going places. Nice. Well, we appreciate that. Same, same with you, uh, Derek, at Valley Farms, and you just you got an amazing place here. It's beautiful. Everything's looking beautiful. The meat case looks beautiful. The product looks beautiful. So you guys rock. I appreciate it. Thank you for those kind words and um again u.s we'll, foods is going to be out at del mar as well fuck yeah they are yeah oh yeah one, once you there. once once you get Derek and i you get all of us you don't we don't do 90 percent. it's all the complete package it's like i don't even know 90, i don't even know what 90 percent is i don't know what that is either but uh follow us barbecue war stories on twitter um on instagram send us your barbecue worldwide photos uh hashtag behind the smoke and uh, be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. We appreciate all those people listening. Um, we even got Bulgaria listening, which is pretty cool. I was, They're on I the was map. very excited. They're on the map. Very excited about that. And Japan. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, we, we appreciate it. If you guys ever make it out to San Diego, be sure to let us know. Um, share, share your photos with us. Keep them sexy. Even share the ones that are behind the smoke. Um, those are the ones that we, we appreciate, all the hard work that you guys do. Thank you for listening. Uh, write a review on iTunes, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you in Del Mar. We're, we're going to bring Arlie on, right? Arlie's next. Arlie Brad, get ready. Boom. Get ready, Arlie, Arlie Brad. Thank you, U.S. Foods. You guys kick ass. Right Thank on. you, Thanks, guys. guys. Keep doing the right things. Thank you. You too.